Hey, B. Rob, this Hoppy. Uh, man, I, I used your pocket pussy. I just, I, man, I had to call and tell you. Uh, you know, I know I, I thought long and hard about it, and uh, you know, I just, I thought, well, you know, that's gross. But then, uh, you know, I, I was like, uh, it, it, the pocket pussy been with way less dicks than most of the women I've been with, so I just went on and used your pocket pussy. But I'll get you a new one, bro. All right, peace. Hey, B. Rob, man, uh. Don't don't go in the trunk of your car tonight, okay? I had to uh, store something, but you know, uh, you'll want to keep plausible deniability. I, I left Febreze on the porch if it gets to smelling like rat sex and grapefruit juice. Peace. Do, do, do. Hey, B. Rob. Hey, hey, B. Rob. This hoppy man. Uh, I found this hottie, but uh, we got we got too drunk, and she was she was blowing me and everything, and it was great. But then she, I tell you, we got too drunk. She fell asleep right in the middle of it with, you know, with my dick still in her mouth. And I just let her go on to sleep that way. And then when she woke up, I said, what's up, sleepyhead? <laughs> I'm out, peace. Here we go. You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. You're ready for some random shit from Rob Now everybody stand up and lift your arms Put your hands in the sky like you're pinching stars Go piss on Mars! What? It's so random, it's all gravy The podcast is Rob's, yeah, go crazy Yup And all kind of shit like that That's what Rob says when he runs off track Fun fact, tuck that in your brain Fuck that, nutsacks, we act insane And the fast lane's still smooth like butter Rob, dude, you one cool-ass brother Motherfucker You might hear that about every other word But who's keeping camp? The ramblings Get so random, what's happening? I'm babbling so much you can't handle me chattering teeth Sound like a battle axe bashing the beat Don't laugh when I speak Cause really we're just some idiots I ain't talking about a little bit I'm talking fully illiterate Like little kids trapped in a grown man's body Acting a fool like Lindsay Lohan party Like it's a party of life We party all night Blackout that's how we party it right Hit the Walmart cause we bored as shit Instagram and upload the feed <laughs> look, at, look at Rob hanging out in the Walmart for no reason Just Instagramming He got his phone out Walking around looking at himself like Hey look at me I'm walking through Walmart. It's so random, Rob. It's so random, but that's what we love. Random ramblings with random Rob. Ramblings. Random ramblings. Motherfucking random freaking ramblings. motherfucking random ramblings. Random ramblings. Random ramblings. Blah 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 What up, everybody? This your boy B Rob, and I am back with another edition of the Random Ramblings with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week and listening to my podcast or however you listen to podcasts. And if you're a new listener, I'd like to thank you for taking the chance and listening to all my nonsense and everything. It's a Sunday morning and I would like to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers back there. Back there. <laughs> like you in a, another room or something you know what I'm saying back then I'm looking in the window and I'm pointing at you and you and you and you gonna love me ah, I like that song Xbox One booting up in the background I heard some tremendous news uh, that new Xbox X whatever the fuck that's coming out is gonna be able to play all the Xbox games that means from the original Xbox to the 360 to the Xbox one and the current version so four generations of video games you will be able to play on the new Xbox 
at least I'm hearing that second hand so it may or may not be fact but nonetheless it is very exciting I hope it's just an update and I can do that shit on Xbox One and I ain't gotta hurry up and dump cash and then getting a new motherfucking Xbox but anyway happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there in the wizard or mothers playing that role cause the daddy ain't shit <laughs> hey man it happens sad case but it is what it is and on this father's day I don't have a guest well actually I do have a guest and that guest is myself <laughs> um, I think about a year ago um, I was on the passersby podcast um, hosted by Matthew McDonough and I pretty much told my story about um how when I graduated high school I went into the military got a girl pregnant so on and so forth and I think out of all the podcasts that I've been on within the past year or the inception of the random rounds with Rob um I think this podcast this episode in particular is the one that I've I think I I I cherish the most because I mean I got to tell the story that is me that is uh, what got me into the current situation that I'm in today you know two kids a ex-wife a new wife a third child <laughs> uh, 16 years of service moving from state to state and finally settling down in Houston Texas and um it's interesting story you know is um one that i kind of told my kids not in great detail as you're about to listen to now but um been through some shit and i'm not putting this episode out there to glorify me and the man that i am because i mean i got fucking problems and um i don't know i just i just really enjoyed this episode and when i was a instructor uh, when i was still in the military you know i would get these 18, 19, 20 year olds coming to me fresh from the civilian life, fresh from out of high school and everything and not knowing shit about the world. And I tell them this exact story that you're about to hear today because they should know it. They should know that, you know, they may not go through the exact same thing that I've been through, but they need to be careful in the choices that they make. And this story is all about choices. And it was every single choice that I made that led me to where I am today, you know. So um, I'm going to let y'all just listen to it. I mean, because I pretty much I just aped the whole episode or whatever. I mean, it's Matthew's intro, his whole show. I pretty much just recorded and <laughs> placed into this one for this week and everything. So, yeah. But before we even get into our guest today which is me we have a message from the voicemail champion jody b and um he's telling you youngins to watch the throne ladies and gentlemen i'ma get cars i'ma get clothes i'ma rock dudes i'ma fuck holes i'ma smoke we got a lot of drinks stepping out 
What's up, you bunch of motherfuckers? Is that motherfucker Jody B? Now, I decided I'm done with all this battle rap bullshit. I ain't doing that no more. You motherfuckers know I can't rap. So I'm going to get back to what is what I do best. Hoppy Rogers, hearing all these badass stories, and I understand now I gotta step my fucking game up. So, I'm gonna tell you a story. Y'all watch the throne, I got a little something to tell you. So, back in 2009, let's just say the boy Jody B wasn't on the best path. And in that year, I had some pretty crazy shit happen, had a friend of mine die very close to me, and in the process, your boy got arrested. Now, I learned some things that day, you know, got a little flim flam with a search warrant, and them motherfuckers went in and ripped my house apart and found everything. Everything! By the time it was all said and done, I had two felonies, two strikes against me. Maintaining a drug premises slash possession of a controlled substance and simultaneous possession of narcotics and a firearm. Now, that's not to say that I'm a drug dealer, because that wasn't the case. It just so happened that that shit's illegal as shit. So to anybody that didn't know, now you know. (laughs) But this is a two-part story, because I remember some funny things about the day I got arrested and some shit that happened, you know, later that night. And then also, I had a little rendezvous with the chick who ended up being my bail bondsman. Now, that'll be the story for another day. You'll have to tune in if you want to hear the rest of that story. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. So this is about getting arrested. Now, just some funny things that I learned that day. Um, don't ever sign shit without reading it. That's a good fucking point. Uh, I learned that when you're handcuffed in the back of a cop car, if your nose starts itching, you can ask the police all day long, and they won't scratch your fucking nose for you. So if you ever find yourself in a situation where your nose itches and you're handcuffed in the back seat of a cop car, you can lean forward and scratch your nose on your knee. That's the best plan I had for that day. So anyway, I get to the fucking check-in, and we're going through all the motions. They're taking my pictures and all that shit. Now, a motherfucker like me, I work all the time. I wear boots. So I got the stanky feet, y'all. It happens. So as a preventative, I had that morning taken some baking soda. Oh, thank you, darling. I appreciate you cutting me off. Anyway, so that morning... Uh, actually, the night before, let's start with that. My girl at the time's younger daughters had opted to paint Jody B's toenails. So I had a real nice, luscious, purple toenail polish on uh, from the night before. And then that morning when I got up, I had poured some baking soda and some fucking laundry detergent into my boots and was trying to kill the stank on my feet. Now, here it is some hours later. I'm sitting at the check-in at the police station. And they say, all right, you you know, you've been arrested for these drug charges, this, that, and the other. We're going to go ahead and give you a strip search. So they stripped me down. And the first thing they said was, all right, take your motherfucking socks and shoes off. So I take my shoes off. I take my socks off. Now, I whip out my pretty purple toenails with all this gunky shit in between my toes from the laundry detergent. And they're kind of weird about that. And then it dawns on me, like, oh, shit, this is going to be a problem. Because the next officer said, all right, take your boots turn them upside down and smack them together. (laughs) Y'all, that tile was brown. So when I smacked them boots together, 
about 15 or 20 little rocks of hardened fucking baking soda and laundry detergent fell out onto the floor. And I had a moment where I was like, oh, shit, dog. That ain't cracked. Don't fucking deny that. Test that shit. They had to test it. They found out it wasn't cracked, but it looked like cracked, so it was a problem. Later on that night, I'm in the cell. I'm in there with this big, fat dude. Looked like a biker. And he's asleep, got his chin in his chest, fucking snoring like a motherfucker. And there's this other scrawny little black dude sitting there on the bench sleeping. Now, I go to sleep. No problem. Nobody fucks with me. And I don't know, probably three or four hours later, I wake up. The big dude and the scrawny black dude are talking. And what they're trying to figure out is that they know each other, but they can't decide from where. And they're going back and forth. Big dude says, I've been in here a couple times. And the scrawny black dude says, man, I think I seen you. Were you in here? A couple months ago, and the big dude says, yeah, probably. And he says, well, wait a minute. Aren't you the big white motherfucker that tried to buy some crack with a check? And the big dude goes, yeah, that was probably me. Bye, ha, ha. And they sit there and have a laugh, so that was funny. And then the only other thing was when we got ready to go, uh, me and the dude I got arrested with, they split us up. They put him in a cell with this one wiry drunk dude. And we were getting ready to leave the compound. Uh, my buddy was paired up with the dude in that other cell, and he was taking a shit when we got ready to leave. And they said, everybody line up. And the dude was in the bathroom talking about, I'm shitting. And he was handcuffed to my buddy. And I remember my buddy told me he was thinking if that dude decided to take off running, he was going to rip that motherfucker's arm off that day because there was no way he was fitting to get into mold trouble. So that's part one. Uh, I'll be back to tell part two. You motherfuckers hold out. Do you want to holler at me? At Poe Boys Podcast on Twitter. The champ is gone. And Jody B continues to stake claim to that which is the voicemail championship <laughs> or crown. Or king. Hey, man. I appreciate everybody to be sending me voicemails, especially Hoppy Roger, especially Jody B, Ray, uh, Jared from the hashtag Blackout Podcast. And um, it's awesome. And you, if you're listening, you can send a voicemail too. You can do that by dialing 304-825-5762. That's 304-825-5762. And also, in addition to voicemails, you can send me an email. You know, some people get nervous when they talk on the phone. Shit, hell, I get nervous every time I do a podcast, and I've been doing this for over a year. It's a crazy thing. But you can send me an email. You know, some people feel comfortable uh, writing out their words and sitting down at the keyboard and thinking about what they want to say and um, crafting uh, email and everything. But I have an email here from one of the contributors to the show, uh, Glenn Abbott, and um, it's simple. He had a random question for me and he wanted to know what was my favorite takeout food whether it be Chinese food, Indian, Thai, Japanese, or other. So thanks, Glenn, for your question. And I'm going to go ahead and answer it for you right now. I like Chinese food. You know, it's not really my takeout of choice. But, you know, when you say takeout, I mean, that's the first thing that immediately pops into my mind. But, I mean, we Anytime we order something for delivery, it's mostly pizza. So, I mean, is pizza considered takeout in the same thing? Because, I mean, they taking it out of their facility, putting it in the car. Then the delivery driver is taking it out of his car and bringing it to my house. 
So I guess there will be takeout. So I guess my answer would be pizza because we love to order some Pizza Hut. Um, I don't fuck with Papa John's no more uh, because of personal reasons and what uh, Papa John's stand for. Not the company, but the motherfucking Papa John's. Look it up. (laughs) I rocks with Little Caesars and everything. But yeah, thanks for the question, Glenn. And you too can craft me an email and ask me the simplest or randomest questions that you want to ask and I answer your questions here on the podcast and that email that you can use is randomrobcast at outlook.com much like the website randomrobcast.com so without further ado uh, here is your guest on this edition of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast. And that guest is me. I could probably never come back. I want a son. And I got her pregnant again. <laughs> Despite my better judgment. But, you know, I thought I was going to die. I, didn't, I thought I wasn't going to come home. So I was like, hey, I want a son. So more of the same. Welcome to Passersby, the podcast where everyone has a story to tell. Welcome to Passersby, episode 42. This week I have on Rob from the Random Ramblings with Rob podcast from the amazing Random Ramblings with Rob Instagram account and from an amazing story. Now this one's going to be long, so please, please listen to the whole thing. I know you downloaded it, you looked at the number, and you're like, holy crap, but trust me, it's worth it, so stay tuned. Oh, and as always, many thanks to our sponsor, Mercantile 519. Our good friends over at Mercantile 519 are creators of high-quality, hand-knitted products. These products include, but are not limited to, scarves, headbands, neck warmers, adorable plushies, and growler koozies to keep that microbrew super cool. Each piece is handcrafted to make sure it meets or exceeds customer expectations. Head on over to mercantile519.etsy.com today and check out all of their amazing products. You can also find them on Twitter and Instagram as well. Just search Mercantile 519. To the story. All right, so I'm sitting here with Rob from the Random Ramblings podcast with Rob. That's me. Yeah. And Rob told me he had an amazing story to tell about life choices. First off, what's Random Ramblings for the people that don't know? It's me doing as such. I ramble randomly about things and whatnot. <laughs> so kind of a free form open podcast where Rob, he'll either have a guest or not. You know, they'll talk. 
and they'll just it's open forum conversation it goes all sorts of places and it's really enjoyable to listen to if you haven't give it a listen please and also he's got a crazy awesome instagram account where he documents everything in walmart yes (laughs) so make sure to check that out i just love walmart understandable i don't know know what it is (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but every time I go into Walmart, I get this soul-crushing depression just washing over me. I don't understand that. I mean, every, <laughs> I, that's what I hear from people. I mean, they go into Walmart and it's like, oh, this motherfucker here. Oh, hey, I'm sorry. Before we even go too far. You can do that. I use a, okay, yes, because I use a lot of the vulgar language. <laughs> it's a podcast. Yeah, it I feel, is. I feel like it steals some of the essence of the story if I say, hey, you can't say fuck. <laughs> please don't say but fuck you, but like, you just said it <laughs> that censors that censors like a whole dimension of your story if that's what you're planning on saying and, but at the same time I mean I know I have a, I cuss you know that's what I do but um, like the Josh O uh, podcast or whatever he's a new podcast or whatever he don't cuss at all I and mean, it's just like it's mind blowing to hear you know somebody talk for that length of time without cussing yeah but anyway free medium walmart's the shit life choices where do we start we're gonna start from the beginning when i was a wee lad growing up in the state of louisiana more specifically lake charles it's a couple minutes from texas like i can sneeze i chew i'm in texas so growing up i have a rather large family and um, I'm the baby of the bunch. Um, my mother had me when she was turning 40. And at this point, my father is 10 years older than my mother. So he was already 50 years old. <laughs> so I was born. I'm the last of 18 children. And um, damn. All, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> all my life, I've been around the military. My father is a retired army. I have brothers and sisters and cousins and nieces and nephews scattered throughout every branch of the service. So I grew up around it all my life. And I knew at a young age, you know, that's what I wanted to do when I was of legal age. I was just like, you know, I want to, I want to travel the world with my family. I want to have a wife. I want to have kids because I mean, that's what I was used to as a child. That's what I saw. I was able to go to all these amazing places throughout the United States and not, not so much overseas, but I had a brother that was stationed in uh, Texas. So I would go visit him in Texas. My sister was stationed in California. So I would go visit her in California and Kentucky and all these other different places. And I thought that was cool. I mean, I come from a traveling family. We drove everywhere. I didn't start flying in planes until, you know, I joined the military myself. <laughs> But um, we're going to fast forward a little bit. Getting into high school, you know, it's coming toward my senior year and um, I'm getting closer to graduating. And I'm like, you know, I want to start putting this plan into motion. I want to start, you know, getting prepared to join the military. I didn't know what branch I wanted to join at the time. I thought I was going to go the same way uh, my father did and join the Army. But um, it didn't really work out that way. I wound up joining the Marine Corps because someone I knew that graduated the year prior 
to me in high school, came back with the recruiting, you know, how they just go do, do their little tour and um, try to help their recruiter recruit other people to join the Marine Corps or whatever. And he told me about it and we were real cool. So it kind of drew me in. And um, in school, you know, I was um, decent. I felt I didn't really apply myself. I just wanted to really just do me and do what the hell I wanted. So I got into a little bit of trouble, especially when it came to the opposite sex and everything. I was just really finding my own and everything. And, um, you know, how teenagers are, how young people are. Oh, yeah. You know, you get a little whiff of something and then you all strung <laughs> out. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's a drug or some shit. So, um, I always, with that mentality, like I said, I wanted to have a family and be in the military. So I wasn't one of those, you know, typical high school kids where I was trying to jump from girl to girl and get as much tang as I could. I wanted to have a girlfriend and, you know, and try to build a relationship, which is weird as fuck coming from a teenager at that time. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so when I got to, um, I mess around and met this young lady which uh, later on wound up being my wife. And, you know, it was just done from there. I got strung out on the vagina and I thought it was the best thing in the world because, you know, it was something I never had before. And, you know, young people, we don't know as much as, you know, any, a seasoned veteran. We think this is love right off the top. You know, it's like, oh, you let me stick my penis in you. This is great. You're, I'm yours forever. <laughs> So, went, uh, we graduated, and just right at the end of graduation, she wound up getting pregnant. And I was just like, oh, crap. I mean, it's really happening right now. I mean, she's pregnant. Like, oh, crap. Uh, you know, starting to panic a little bit. My, truth be told, my parents didn't like her so much because they felt she was a bad influence on me, which... Probably was because I did a lot of things out of my character behind this person because I thought I was in loves and everything. But, um, as soon as I found out she was pregnant, went to the recruiter. I was like, sign me up. I want to leave right now. I want to get this stuff done. <laughs> so now, um, was, was it a leave? Like, I want to leave. I'm getting the hell out of here. Or was it a leave? Like, I need to start providing this shit serious. Exactly. That's what it was. It was like, hey, my dream is coming true. You know, I mean, I did it a little bit out of order, but nonetheless, it's coming true. I mean, she's pregnant. So me, you know, being the person I was at that time, being raised the way I was, I mean, my parents have been together and married forever, over 30 years, longer than I've been alive. And, you know, that's what I grew up with. I mean, I was fortunate enough to have a mother and father. So what I've learned as a child is like, when you're married, that's it. You're married for life. That's what this is. So I was like, fuck. Well, shit, I got her pregnant. You're going to have a kid. I mean, it's almost natural that I would have to marry her, you know, not thinking that I could be a father to my child and not be with that person. So I was like, hey, recruiter. Sign me up. And he was like trying to sell me the Marine Corps. I was like, hey, dog, you ain't got to sell me. I just said sign me the fuck up. I'm trying to leave. <laughs> I got shit to do. <laughs> so um, I left. And um, I went to boot camp. And throughout my whole um, 
beginning phase of training and everything, she was pregnant and I was gone. So I missed out on the whole pregnancy with my first child. So she was going through it all by herself. I mean, she had my family and her family there to support her and everything, but I was gone through boot camp, uh, infantry training, uh, my job training and everything for the military. So I pretty much missed the whole pregnancy. When I got to my very first duty station, she was just about to come to term. And I was like, hey, the baby's supposed to be born in February. I want to take leave so I can be home in time for the birth. And it was like, all right, no problem. We got you down on the books for February. As soon as the time comes, you can go home and be with your family. Great. January 21st, 2001, my first child was born. <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> I was like, you motherfucker. Well, I didn't call the child a motherfucker, but that's what I was saying in my mind. So I got home as quick as I could, and that was, and that was it for me. I held my first child. I was looking to, into her eyes. Her eyes were about as big as mine, so was her head. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is my child. My dream is coming true and everything. So from then on, you know, I went back to North Carolina where I was stationed. Uh, started, um, looking for places to live. Um, I went back home on leave again and we got married. And then, um, I couldn't move her up right away because we didn't have a crib. So in the process, I moved her from Louisiana to Georgia where my sister was living and she stayed with my sister. Now, teenage shit. Just, I'm going to pose a question to you. When you graduated high school, I mean, it, it might not be. This not, might, might not be you. You might not be this type of person, but you can kind of group the majority of high school graduates. You've been under your parents' wing, uh, whoever raised you for your whole life at this point. Oh, yeah. Much. Oh, yeah. You're now 18 years old. You are considered an adult. You can go out and make your own path into the world. Once you get out of that house, once you're done with school, what do you think the first thing you want to go do is? Go party, right? Fucking crazy. Yeah, exactly. Go party, go crazy, go drink, even though you're not of legal age, but smoke and do all kinds of things. You can vote. You can do all this stuff. You, your independence rushes to you all at once at this point in your life. So naturally, when, um, we, we graduated, she had the baby. Um, we married, I mean, we on our own to an extent because I didn't have a crib for a house for all of us and everything yet, but she was living with my um, sister and my sister is like, since <laughs> there's an age gap between me and all my siblings, I'm the youngest at 34. My oldest sibling out of the 18 of us is like 60 something. So my sister, this sister is uh, one of the oldest on my mother's side and she's almost like my mother or whatever. So. Naturally, you bring a baby into my sister's house. That's her baby, <laughs> you know? So, you know, she was like, hey, if you want to go hang out or whatever, I watch the baby and everything, and you can just go relax and do whatever the hell you do. So my wife at the time was taking advantage of that. She was going out and being this wild and crazy teenager that's been, you know, released from up under their parents' wing and all kind of stuff, where to I was in a whole other state five hours away trying to lock everything on, trying to provide for my family, get us a place to stay. Um, I was working on getting her a car so she can get back and forth to work whenever she came up there to start working. I was in parent mode. I was in husband mode. I was in family mode, but she was not. She was down in Georgia or whatever, in the club, drinking and doing all this other crazy shit while my child was 
being watched by my sister. So me and her had a whole bunch of back and forth, which you can probably understand that you fussing at somebody that's five hours away, you know, that point probably ain't going to get across clearly. Yeah, they're not listening. Yeah, so, and then it's a teenager. For <laughs> Teenagers don't listen to shit. <laughs> I know, I used to be one. And um, we worked through that and everything. I finally got us a place to stay, and I moved my family up there with me. I'm, it's finally complete. My dream is being realized. I'm in the military. I'm married. I have a child. And it's great. I'm an adult now. I can, the, profi- the prophecy has been fulfilled and shit like that. So not too long. Um, after I got everything situated, I got my family with me. I mean, we was going through a couple marital issues and everything because she got a taste of that lifestyle. She got a taste of the nightlife and everything and she was hooked. So it came to a point to where she wanted to go out and I was like, that's fine. I mean, you had my baby. I mean, you deserve some R and R or whatever. Go out, hang out or whatever. I watch the kid. It's my kid. I'd rather be home with my kid than be out in the club. So she would go out and keep going out and keep going out and keep going out. And I was like, well, fuck. Um, this is not what I envisioned this to be, but I mean, it's okay. I mean, I'm, I have my kid. I'd rather be with my kid and, you know, as long as she's happy going out or whatever, you know, this is naive things that teenagers think about when they have ideas stuck in their head. So she continued clubbing. I'm at home with the baby. I'm working every day. I'm buying things. I'm providing like a husband's supposed to do. Well, in my, you know, head. And, um, it just got to the point to where we started kind of getting behind in bills and everything. And the house wasn't getting kept up and everything. And you home all day with the fucking baby while I'm at work. So why is the food not cooked when I get home? Why is the house not kept and everything? I understand having a child, a young child, especially, you know, it can be taxing. I, I, I give you that, but come on now. I'm, I'm hungry when I get home. Yeah. I mean, I ain't going to just come home and damn at the, working 10 to 16 hour days, sometimes even longer, be like, hey, let me cook you something to eat. I said, come on, dog. I mean, it's a give and take. I mean, I understand you don't have to do it every night. I mean, it's it's a partnership. We work together, but that shit wasn't happening. She was more concerned about getting to the weekend so she can get the fuck out of the house and go do whatever the hell she wanted to do. Shortly thereafter, September 11th, 2001, shit's going down, towers falling, Helicopters, airplanes, all this other crazy shit. People covered in ash. And I'm at work. Um, 19 years old, I think. Yeah, 19. I'm in the motor pool working on the truck. And then somebody just come out into the uh, motor pool like, hey, the towers just got hit. I'm like, what the fuck you mean the towers just got hit? What are you talking about? Slow the fuck down. Yeah, man, somebody flew a plane into the World Trade Centers and all kinds of shit like that. And I'm like, oh, shit. So they got us all together in formation and all kind of junk like that. It's like, hey, man, we're going to war. It's about to go down. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is not what I signed up for. Because, <laughs> I mean, what I'm used to, I, like I say, I've been around the military my whole life. But the majority of my lifespan, other than... um there's a storm, there's a shield has been peace. 
So my family wasn't going off to a war or nothing like that. I just been fortunate enough to go hang out at cool duty stations and shit. <laughs> I was like, so I, you're like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. We're 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 going to war. <laughs> my wife's got a party this weekend. I can't be going to war. Well, yeah, I got to babysit and play Madden and all kind of junk <laughs> like that, man. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck. I said, this shit is really going down. And like at that point in my lifetime, I was so fucking scared. I thought I was going to fucking die. I thought I was not going to be on this earth anymore. I thought that, you know, I wouldn't be able to be my, see my mother, my father, uh, my wife, my child. I thought I was done. Cause I mean, I have never been in that situation before. I had no expectation. The only thing that I knew was what I seen on TV and from movies and all kind of shit like that. War is horrible. So I'm like, fuck, this is what I'm about to go do. Shit. I just wanted to get the free base housing and go to the commissary and get cheap groceries with no tax. <laughs> Yeah. So, man, at that point, I was like, no shit. This is how my son was born. I was like, hey, shit's about to go down. I could probably never come back. I want a son. And I got her pregnant again. <laughs> Despite my better judgment. But, you know, I thought I was going to die. I, didn't, I thought I wasn't going to come home. So I was like, hey, I want a son. So, more of the same. She get pregnant. 9-11 happened. Well, after 9-11 happened, we start doing workup. We start doing training. So, guess where I was while she was pregnant? Off training. Again. <laughs> I was gone again for, for the rest of the pregnancy, pretty much. They flying me out to California doing um, desert ops and everything like that so we can get used to the terrain when we go over. And um, they're sending me to all these different schools and classes for vehicle recovery and all kind of junk like that because I'm transportation. So majority of this pregnancy, I'm gone. And this teenager, this young lady who got a taste of the nightlife, even though she was pregnant, she still wanted to go out to the motherfucking club. She still wanted to party. I mean, she wasn't drinking or anything uh, irresponsible like that, but she was still out in the club. She was still out in the nightlife. And even though we were having all these marital problems and all these issues because she wouldn't work, she just wanted to go out to the club and everything. It was to a point to where I was paying for daycare for my oldest child so she can go out and look for a job. But she didn't go look for a job. She just stayed her ass at home. And when we was having the marital problems, when I was was things that were being brought to my attention was now she's leaving on weeknights instead of the weekends. And she say, Hey, I'm going um, to such and such house, one of her friend's house. And she come back late at night. And then it got even to the extreme to where I took her car and, you know, I was going to take it to the car wash or whatever and clean it out. I'm finding condoms in her car. So I'm like, what the fuck? You know? It even got to the extreme of to where I'm married. I'm with this person. As I told you before, in my family, the way I was raised, the way I was taught, when you married, you married. This is the person you chose to be with. This is the person you with for life. It got to the extreme to where 
I'm going to the bathroom and my dick is burning when I'm taking a piss. Yeah. I know I haven't been with anybody else. So it's only a process of elimination if it's not me. <laughs> Jeez. So, so I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But you know, through all that bullshit she put me through, I stayed. I stayed for my child. I stayed because this is something that I wanted. This is something that was ingrained in me as a child. This is the thing that I wanted most in my life. So I put up with a lot of bullshit to try to make this thing work, try to make this thing happen. Most, the most, the fact of it at all is like majority. I, I wanted to be there for my child. I wanted my child to have two parents because that's what I grew up with. And that's what a child deserves, two parents. So I put up with all this bullshit. I knew she, it came to a point to where, I, well, other than my dick being on fire, I knew she was cheating for a fact, but I still stayed. Dumb teenager didn't know no better. Didn't know that I could be a father and not be with that child's mother. That I can be the best father that I can and not have to be with all that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that so, sounds that sounds rough. Yeah. Yes, it is rough. <laughs> but I swear it gets better later. <laughs> um So you're ramping so, up. Yeah, we ramping up. We're getting ready to deploy and everything. You're trying to figure out how to make shit work or not work. Exactly. And it was like a lot of times that I just, I got, I was at the edge. I just like, I was at the, on the edge of the cliff and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to jump. I'm, we getting a divorce. I'm tired of this shit. You know, I see my kids when I can. Cause I mean, Hey, I'm, I'm a war man now. I'm going off to fight foreign battles and all kind of shit like that. So, um, but. Every time I got a foot, a toe over the edge, I was like, fuck it. I can't do this to my kids. It, it, it became more or less about her, but more about the kids. So right before I left to go to Iraq for the first time, when uh, the United States first initially went into Iraq after 9-11, my son was born 12 days before I got on the plane. So I got to spend 12 days for my son. I actually got to see the birth and I got to spend 12 days with him. After those 12 days, I was on the plane. I was gone for seven months. That's crazy. And I'm in, <laughs> I know. And I'm this, at this time now with all the training and everything, all the time that passed, I'm 20 years old, about to be 21. I have two kids, a wife. A wife that's cheating on me and doing whatever the fuck she want, neglecting our children, leaving the burden on me to provide for the whole family. And now I'm not there to provide for my family. You know what I mean? Other than paychecks, which she had access to, which quickly depleted because she was still entrenched in that motherfucking lifestyle. When I left to go to Iraq, I was like, hey, you can't do this shit on your own. You need to go back home to Louisiana and be around our family, my family, your family, so you can have some kind of moral support or whatever. So I sent her home. And more of the same. It was almost to the point to where it was like when she was in Georgia and when I was in North Carolina, she was out doing whatever the fuck she wanted while my kids was with whoever. My son was with her mother. My daughter was with my mother and she was out clubbing and partying, driving my motherfucking car around, doing whatever the hell she want. 
spending my money that I'm literally in a, another country fighting for and shit. And also at this time, she's running around with another guy, driving him around in my car while my kids are with their grandparents. So I'm getting letters and everything from home, from my nephew and everything, talking about, hey, man, your wife running around here spending all your money. She hanging around with this dude and all kind of stuff. And what the fuck am I going to do about it? I'm in a whole nother goddamn country. I can't do shit. <laughs> what I'm going to do, I'm going to... That's just yeah, not right. Pro- yeah, I mean, I'm going to call her and be like, hey, need to cut that shit out. And... <laughs> If she wouldn't listen to me when I was five hours away, what the fuck do you think she's going to do when I'm in a whole nother country? You know what I'm saying? So I get through all that. I survive and everything like that. Quick side story. I was 20 when I went out there. I turned 21 and um, we didn't have too much of nothing out there because this was the first initial stage of us being there in the uh, Iraq or whatever. So we didn't have like a base camp or anything like that. We was pretty much just rolling in trucks. So on my birthday, when I turned 21 in a dry country, which we could not imbibe in alcohol with alcohol or whatever, but I mean, we couldn't do it anyway because it's fucking war. I don't want to be inebriated on a 50 cal. be like, ah, I'm shooting up sheep and all kind of crazy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Running over dogs and cats and all kind of crap. So what the, what the Marines did for me. They open up, um, we get these, uh, little packages of, of food called the MREs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, they found a pound cake and, uh, they took some peanut butter spread, spread over the top. They took some M&Ms and put 21 in it. And then they took a whole, like a little book of matches and stuck in the top for candles. And they See, sung that, happy birthday to me. That pound cake isn't half bad either. No, no, I, we would. That's that's a bartering chip right there. Yeah, that's like, a hey, treat, man. That and the granola. Got, yeah, I'd be like, I got this pound cake, baby. What you what you want? <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like prison. It was like cigarettes and fucking pound cakes. <laughs> oh yeah. But, so yeah, so that seems like a good spot to take a break. Mm-hmm. Want to take a promo break? We'll come back. Yeah, this is going to be All a right. long episode, folks. Oh yeah. Hey there, kids. Do you want to hear a show where a bunch of guys sit around in a comic book store and talk about comics and uh, lifestyle choices, uh, other goofy things and shenanigans they get up to? Then you when need... have we ever talked about comics? Usually, it's people sitting on my lap and riding the struggle bus. That's true. It's mostly shenanigans. <laughs> Uh, but occasionally we talk about comics, and if you like any of those things, comics, shenanigans, Devin's Lap, then you need to check out Snake Oil Comics with uh, me, Travis, and uh, my beautiful co-host, Big Dev. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and snakeoilcomics.com. So, yeah, that was a good experience. The Marines coming together to celebrate my 21st birthday, and this is a lasting memory that I keep with me forever and ever. Amen. so um you know we get through everything we coming home i'm excited it's like my my daughter is older now i came home what it was i left in 2002 came back may 2003 
So my daughter is about two now. My son is coming up on one. And um, I missed a lot being gone. And um, I'm just excited to get home, excited to see my kids. And, you know, despite what we was going through, I was excited to see my wife, you know. So I get home, um, get back to North Carolina. We debrief. They let us go on leave for a couple of days before we start to get back in the swing of things. So I go back down to Louisiana, see my kids, hold my kids, and just be happy. That I ain't in the sandy ass sandbox no more. And um, the wife come over there, and immediately, instead of uh talking about you know how you doing and all kind of stuff like that, we get into adult things like uh sexual intercourse right away. <laughs> <laughs> you know what a way to resolve your differences with some intercourse. I missed you. Yes. Now. I missed your warm hot pocket or whatever. <laughs> I didn't know how to phrase that. I don't know where I go with that stuff. But anyway, so that's all well and done and everything. And she um she had to leave. She was going back to wherever. And I noticed that she had like because she was a, she's a little girl. Well, woman, I'm six foot tall. She is four foot eight. Well, I mean, she's screwing around on other guys with you. She's a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> Aha, I like what you did there. So, she's a small individual. And, you know, we leaving and everything, because I didn't pay attention to it before. You know, my hormones got the best of me. It controlled my brain. I was thinking with my little head instead of my big head. And um, I'm, what I'm noticing when she's leaving is now she got this pudge in her stomach. And I just blurted it out. I was like, are you fucking pregnant? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You had, you just had my son before I left. I was with you for 12 days. And I know we didn't really get into it because you just had a freaking baby or whatever. It's a and I was gone and I was gone for seven months. And I know my, I, my penis is not that big. It can't reach across oceans and things <laughs> like that. Oh, you're being modest. <laughs> I'm hung like a Charleston chew. <laughs> the little uh, the assortment packs. <laughs> <laughs> so now I, I brought that up because I just finished eating some Charleston chew. <laughs> but um, so I'm like, what the fuck? So the dude that I've been getting letters about. She's been riding around in my car and all kind of junk like that. He got her pregnant. So I'm like, what the fuck? What what the hell is going on? What, what did I do so fucking wrong to where I'm getting mistreated like this? I done. I tried to do everything I could as a husband, as a father, as a provider, you know, to take care of my family, take care of my fucking country. And I'm going to war. I could have died many times and never came back. And this is what I get when I do come home, you know. And I had it in my mind, regardless of all the bullshit that we've been through from then all the way up until now, other than when I saw that pudge in her fucking stomach, I was just going to let it go and go back to what I was doing. I was just like, hey, that's in the past. I was willing to wipe the slate clean when I got home. And try to start over and make it work again. 
but now I couldn't. I'm not about to sit here and raise somebody else's fucking child. Especially if she's still fucking around with the dude and I'm there. So, filed for divorce. And I filed for custody of both of my older children. And um, I was granted custody because, I mean, she didn't really have a fucking leg to stand on. This whole time I was gone, she spun up all my deployment money, all my savings that I had. She was riding around with this dude, and this dude was selling fucking drugs. So she had drugs around my fucking kids. She wrecked my fucking car, and she went to jail with this dude behind some fucking drugs. So she was she went to jail while I was gone. While, <laughs> all kind of shit. She got pregnant. She wrecked my car. And got down, and she was on probation when I got back. <laughs> so let's just think about this. Other than the pregnancy, she did all that other shit. And when I got back, I was going to take her back. I had it in my mind. I was going to take her back and try to make it work. So in all reality, in my mind, her getting pregnant by that dude saved my life pretty much. Because I would have been probably sitting there for however long and being depressed and putting myself through all kind of bullshit because this is what I thought I wanted. This is what I thought I wanted as a child all the way up until adulthood. I wanted a family. I wanted to be in the military. I wanted to have children. I wanted to travel the world and just be happy. But I didn't get that. I got dealt a bad hand. So the pregnancy saved my life pretty much because, I mean, years later, I'm with my wife now. We've been together going on eight years. We have another child. Both of my older children live with, live with me now. And it's, it's fucking great. If I didn't go through all that bullshit, I mean, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. But at the same time, if I were to use my brain, if I were to damn put some thought and actual effort into what I want to do, with my life and everything instead of just being impulsive and jumping on it when I saw opportunities, you know, I might have not end up in the situation that I wound up in. So, I mean, my life, this is a life lesson. I mean, just because this is something, something is, you want something so bad. I mean, you want it more than anything in the world. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need it. Just because you want it doesn't mean you need it and everything like that. So this concludes part one. <laughs> part one. Oh, geez. Yeah, because there's more. There's a lot more. <laughs> All right. You want to get into part two? Yeah, let's roll right into it. All right. Roll into it. Boom. So, you know, chapter I, two. I put that. Chapter two. Round two. Fight. <laughs> So I, I get that, I get all that behind me. I mean, I go through the whole divorce process. I freaking, um, I get custody of my kids. Now I'm a freaking 21 years old, single dad with these two little kids, a one year old and a freak, well, soon to be one year old and two year old. And it was fucking rough and everything like that. And I felt at that time, I felt like I, uh, I was a failure. And everything because, I mean, it was the thing that I wanted so much to have a family, be in the military, you know, have that life that I've seen my whole life. And um, I was just down and all kind of junk like that. But um, 
going through, there was a period to when I was going through the divorce process and the custody process that my kids weren't with me. They were still in Louisiana. I was still stuck in North Carolina for the time being until I can get everything straight. So a little bit of time passed before my kids actually came up to stay with me, you know, full time. And during this time, you know, I was like, man, you know what? I never got to live that life that she got to live. I never got to be that wild and crazy teenager that freaking went out and did whatever the hell they wanted. So this small amount of time to where I was like alone, I tried to take advantage. I went out to the club for the first time. I went to a strip club for the first time. You know, just I did these things that I missed out on this whole pretty much three year span that I got out of high school. And um, I was still kind of in that mode of wanting a family, you know, wanting a spouse and all kind of junk like that. Because, I mean, coming up as a high schooler, I mean, I had girlfriends. I didn't, as I stated before, I, I wasn't trying to jump from girl to girl and get, you know, some of that hot pocket out of I was trying to form a relationship. <laughs> How stupid that shit was. But, you know, I was kind of, I went to a club one night and I got smashed. It was almost a recurring thing every weekend. I turned into who she was. Every weekend come around, I would go out and get smashed, get drunk out of my freaking mind almost. But I was fortunate in a sense because you, you're going to hear about it on the podcast this weekend. I kind of explained that story to an extent, but this is the other part of it. I had a friend that lived literally around the corner from the club that we would go to. So I would drive to their house. I would pregame at their house and I would stagger my ass to the club. <laughs> and then I would be in the club dancing and carry on and getting shit faced in the club even more. So um, I met this one female that night. And usually, I mean, it was a routine. I mean, I did it so much every weekend. I would go to the club, I would drink, and then I would find a young lady to dance with, do a little bump and grind and all kind of stuff. And, you know, if I got lucky, I got lucky. If I didn't, huh? oh, well, lights come on in the club, I go home, sleep it off. <laughs> so this particular night, I, I met this one female, and we danced the whole night. From the time I got into the club and we made eye contact and met each other, we was drinking, we was dancing and all kind of stuff. And like I said, it was routine. I mean, I was just there to have fun. I wasn't really trying to get in there that glorious hot pocket out of uh, nothing like that. I was just trying to party, live that life that I missed out on. So the lights came on the club, club closing, everybody clearing out and shit. <laughs> I just It was instinctual to me. I just kind of turned and I was walking out the club. I was about to go back the place to go to sleep and she grabbed me by the wrist and she pulled me close and she kissed me ever so passionately and I was like oh whoa hello my name is Rob what is your name <laughs> <laughs> and everything like that and uh she's like uh, walk me to my car we can talk a little bit I was like all right cool so I'm drunk out of my mind I'm staggering side to side and everything talking to this female that I've been dancing with the whole night, trying to form sentences that sound coherent, but it really wasn't. It was more like, uh, you, you like movies and stuff? <laughs> so what I do remember from it, get to a car, is whatever year it was, I think it was um, around 2003 or something like that, going into 2004, it was whatever current year model of BMW it was. It was like, cobalt blue 
had rims on it. It was a fly ass car. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh shit, I got a sugar mama. <laughs> and um, I'm sitting there, I'm talking with about this, whatever current year BMW it is, looking all fly with the leather interior and all kind of shit like that. And I'm standing by this car and I'm talking to her or whatever. I'm getting a phone number and all kind of junk like that. And um, being inebriated, you know, I, I kind of push my better judgment off to the side. I'm looking inside a car, you know, while we're talking or whatever, just glancing in there or whatever. And in the dash by the speedometer, there's a picture there of a Marine. Oh, like, no. It's, yeah, like I said. Run away. Like, uh, <laughs> and, and, but this, this was my rationale behind it. One, I was drunk as fuck. And my thinking behind it is, is like I am in a predominantly military town. So this could easily be one of her bro- a brother, a cousin, or something like that. I mean, because everybody around here is linked to the military. The military base is bigger than the actual town that it's connected to. So somebody has some kind of affiliation or relationship with somebody in the military in that town. So I'm like, hey, man, this could easily be a cousin or some type shit like that. Because she ain't no rings on. Look, man, she's in the fucking club. But that shouldn't mean nothing because what I just told you about my ex-wife. <laughs> Yeah. So um, I'm getting a number and everything, and I see this picture. I just kind of write it off or whatever because I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, hey, man, people aren't bad. She wouldn't be in the club. She wouldn't be dancing with me and kissing me and talking to me like she is if she wasn't single. (laughs) Naive, uh, young adult, whatever. So I get a number. I go home. I sleep it off. A couple days pass, rolling up on the next weekend call her up. I was like, hey, this Rob. I met you at the club last weekend, blah, 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 blah. Hey, what do you think about going out to a movie or some shit like that? And she was like, I don't even know you. Why would I want to go to the movies with you? I was like, this would be the opportunity to get to know me. <laughs> I should have known I was in trouble right there, <laughs> but brushed my better judgment aside. I was like, let's see where this go. She's like, well, I don't really want to go to a movie or anything like that. I was like, um, I had fun with you in the club last weekend. Why don't we go to another club? I was like, great, let's go. So we go to the club, we're hanging out, dancing, drinking, and everything, whatever. Club wasn't really as fun as it was the last weekend. So she was like, yeah, let's leave. I was like, all right, cool. You want to go get something to eat? Yeah, let's go get something to eat. So we go to the Waffle House, and I ain't going to get into many details about the conversation we had in the Waffle House, but... We were just in there talking. I was like, hey, I got these kids. And I just pretty much told her everything that I told you in part one. Just by beat for beat. And I kind of emphasized more things. And I went into more and more detail with it. You know, building up that simpy. You know, I'm trying to get a shoulder to cry on and all kind of shit like that. You can put some game in, if you will. So I'm telling her I got these young kids now. I'm a single dad, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, oh, I got two kids too. I was like, oh, great. We can make a play date and all kind of shit. Eat Happy Meals at McDonald's in the Playland and all kind of crazy shit. So we're talking. Uh, we finish our meal and everything. And this is the moment of truth pretty much to me. I'm like, we leave the Waffle House. We have to stop sign. I was like, hey, um, you just... You, are we done? You, you want to hang out some more? I mean, we can go to my house. We can go to your house. You know, I'm trying to close the deal. Right <laughs> and she's away. Like, uh. <laughs> and she was like, uh, we can go to your house. 
I should that, that should have been another flag, right? She wouldn't take me home to her house. That's not her brother, Rob. <laughs> but anyway, brush it off. Young naive um boy or whatever. Don't know nothing about the world. I'm only twenty one. <laughs> I'm drunk. Well, I'm not drunk to the extent that I can't drive because that would be bad. You know, drinking and driving is irresponsible and I advise all of you not to do such. So we go to my house and everything, and we're just chilling, sitting on the couch, watching TV. Well, the TV is watching us. We just, you know, enjoying each other's company, making conversation and everything like that. And here I am, not being, you know, well-versed in um, too much in the art of a, a wooing a woman or whatever, because like I said, I've always been in relationships. So I didn't really have to, you know, put too much effort into it. You was my girlfriend or whatever. I mean, we together. I mean, I didn't have to try to tell you all these different things and all kind of stuff to kind of hook you or whatever. But I mean, this is almost a foreign concept to me. So I'm sitting there. It's like, how do I go about closing the deal or whatever? I mean, when I had a girlfriend, I just, you know, put my hand between the legs or do some touch a hot spot and damn, here we go. <laughs> but now I'm in here. I doing the most freaking, I don't know, logical in my mind. I was like, hey, what do you work at? What do you do for employment? And she didn't want to tell me. She's like, I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't want to tell you. Should have been another red flag there. And um, I was like, well, I mean, that's okay. That's cool. I know you just met me and everything. It's not a big deal. I said, like, but does your place of employment require you to stand copious amounts of hours on your feet throughout the day? She's like, well, yes, they do. I was like, do you mind if I rub your feet? <laughs> she's working, Rob. So she's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. So I pull the shoes off and get the socks off and everything or whatever. Rubbing the feet and everything. I was like, you know what will make this better? I got some oil in the back. And she's like, all right, yeah, go ahead. So rubbing the feet and everything, la, la, la. Trying to be smooth and shit, right? And I was like. I mean, if your feet hurt, I'm pretty sure your legs and everything probably bothering you too, right? She's like, yeah, you're right. I was like, well, I mean, I got all this oil on my hands and everything. I wouldn't feel right, you know, just messing your jeans up or whatever like that. So she pulled her jeans off. I'm like, oh, word. Okay. So I'm oiling the feet and the ankles and the, the knee and the thigh and I'm trying to be a little slick and get a little dab on the inner thigh and hurry up and rush back out to the outer thigh doing my thing. She's like, well, then I was like, man, you know what? I mean, if your ankles, if your feet, your ankles, and your knees and legs hurt, I'm pretty sure your back hurt too, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> she rolled over on the stomach and I'm rubbing her back and everything and I'm playing coy with the bra and everything. I'm like rubbing her back and everything and I'm not touching the bra. So I'm going around the top, going under the bottom and everything. I was like, um, you might, I can give you a bit of massage, but I can get this, you can just undo this strap here and I can just kind of, and she took the bra off and threw it on the floor. I was like, oh, okay. So I'm rubbing the shoulders and the back and everything. Da, 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 da. That'll be $300. <laughs> exactly, right? And I'm rubbing and I'm rubbing and I'm rubbing. And, um, it's like, um, I don't even know how I got her to roll over. I was like, you want me to do your um, collarbones, your chest or whatever? She's like, yeah, she rolled over. So I'm looking at these beautiful breastuses. And I'm like, oh, oh, it's been seven months, maybe more than that by this point. I mean, I ain't, 
been with nobody else but my ex-wife and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. So I'm rubbing boobies and all kind of things like that. And then um, I get down to the lower region and I'm like playing coy like I was doing with the bra and I was like, I was trying to rub around the panty drawers and everything and all kind of stuff like that. And then uh, she just like, she got tired of me kind of like playing around with it. She just pulled her underwear off and I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, let me give you this disclaimer real quick. I've been deployed for X amount of months. I haven't been with a woman in so long. I said, don't expect nothing magical. <laughs> and she was like, all right. And from that point on, me and her were exclusive to each other for like a month and a half straight. It was to the point to where I would go to her house. She would come to my house. I would hang with her kids. Her kids would call me friend. I met her brother, who wasn't the guy in the picture, by the way. I met her brother. Me and her brother were cool. And, you know, every time every time I went to her house and her brother was there, he would see me. He'd be like, hey, baby, what's up, man? He'd give me a dab or whatever. He'd say, hey, you want to play Madden or whatever? Yeah, come on. Dog, let's go play some Madden. I mean, we were real cool. I met her mother, her mother did my oldest child's hair because I didn't know how to do that shit. Uh-oh. You know, that's how deep, yeah, that's how deep I got in with the family. They've met me. They've seen my face. They've met my children. And this has been going on for a month and a half straight. You're a dead man, the whole, Rob. Huh? You're a dead man, Rob. I know. So this is a whole <laughs> month and a half straight. So let's think about this now. I've been to her house. Many times, all up and through that thing, doing adult things, and, you know, uh, heating up that hot pocket or whatever. And um, no pictures in the house. I mean, it's only her and her kids. Nobody over there at the house but me because I'm there all the time. So nobody comes home throughout the day or in the evening. We came, we, we became so close that. When I didn't have a babysitter, when I went to work, like, or a daycare in place, she was watching my kids when they came to live with me. That's how deep we got into it with each other throughout this month and a half. So one day, um, I think later on down the line, my father came up from Louisiana to help me out with the kids for a while. He wanted to see his grandkids, so he came stay with me for a little bit. And I didn't have a cell phone or nothing crazy like that, so I went to the store. And when I came back, my dad was like, hey, some uh, girl came by here looking for you. And she left you a, a letter, a note or whatever. I was like, all right, cool. So I opened the note. And she's like, come by the house tonight. I got a surprise for you. I was like, oh, shit, it's going down. I think she's going to have some lingerie, some candles, some uh, Luther playing in the background. We're going to do adult <laughs> things. I'm going to heat up that high pocket again, you know. So I get fly. I get dressed and everything. And I go over to the house and then I just walk in the motherfucker by this point. I mean, this was my second house, you know, walk up in there and her brother was there on the couch just sitting there with um some other guy in there that I never met before. And, um, dude, her brother came in and just like I said, anytime I met her brother, anytime I seen him, he seen me, it was like, yo, dog, what's up, blah, 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 fist bump and all kind of crazy shit like that. Right. I come in the house this time. He was stone faced. He barely wanted to look me in the eye. And I was like, hey, man, what's up, dog? You want to go play some Madden later on? He's like, nah, man, we good. What's up, man? So I'm like, okay. Not thinking nothing of it. 
And like I said, there was another guy in there that I never met before. So I was like, hey, man, how you doing? My name is Rob, blah, 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 blah. Shake his hand and everything and all kind of shit like that. Now, this is where it get a little tricky. This is my second house. I've been in with this woman for a month and a half straight. Her kids know me. My kids know her. They call me friend. I met her mother. You know, me and her brother, cool, as I stated before. She came out of the back room or whatever. And it was like a movie. Everything was going in slow motion. It was like, fucking doves was flying up behind her. Fucking golden sunbeams shining down on her. And I'm like, mm, that's my baby right there. Mm-mm-mm. And I go in for the hug. And she walked right past me. And she hugged the dude that I never met before on the couch. And she's like, hey, Rob, I want to introduce you to my husband. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, fuck. So, man. That was her husband. Yeah. She introduced me to her husband. And you didn't see that coming? No. You refused to see it coming? I refused to see it coming. Like I said, I was that deep in with that family. Mother met me. She didn't say shit to me. Brother met me. We was cool. Didn't say shit to me. The kids, they didn't speak about their daddy the whole time. That whole month and a half, they didn't say shit about their daddy. I've been to the house, in and out the house. There's no pictures of their daddy. There's no pictures of her husband inside that house. She hid him well. I didn't even see that picture that I initially told you about in the car no more. That shit was gone. All of it. So for a month and a half, we was in a relationship, more or less. She was watching my kids, dog. Watching my kids. Yeah. While I was at work. So, I mean, would you, would you been hip to something like that? I mean, this was an elaborate ruse. <laughs> no, I wouldn't know. So, I mean, I've heard of PTSD. I've heard of out-of-body experiences. But in this moment, it's like it was like a, I was living through a blackout. Like, you heard of people blacking out and not remembering what happened while they was blacked out? Oh, yeah. It's like I was blacked out, but I was cognizant of everything that was going on. It was like I was trapped inside my body while my body was doing some other shit. I mean, I didn't flip the fuck out. I didn't like raise the bullshit flag or nothing. My body was just calm, cool, collective on the outside. I was like, hey, how you doing? No problem. And just carrying on like everything was cool. But inside my head, I was like, what the fuck is going on? What the hell did I do? Why is this happening to me? <laughs> oh, God. I'm fucking screaming at myself. I'm like, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just going through it inside of my own head while I'm just on the outside. I'm calm, cool, and collective. It got to the point to where I actually got to the dinner table to eat with this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, it's cool. I mean, it's a funny story. I tell this to my students every oh week. Well, not. Every seven weeks, I tell them this story. So, yeah, I was dumb as fuck, but I was like, man, I'm sitting at this table with this girl, with this woman that I've been fucking for a whole month and a half straight in her house, in my house, some other undisclosed places that I would not mention. And that's this dude's wife. And now I'm sitting at the fucking dinner table eating pork chops and green beans with this dude. So he's like, he trying to make small talk the whole time. He's mean mugging me. Now the smile came across this dude's face the whole time. And I'm in my mind, I'm trapped in my body. It's like, 
I'm bugging the fuck out. I was like, oh God, what I'm gonna say, what I'm gonna say, what I'm gonna say, what I'm gonna do, what I'm gonna do, what I'm gonna do, what I'm gonna do. As I'm politely cutting my pork chop and dipping it in A1 sauce and uh, drinking some Sprite. <laughs> and the million dollar question come up. How you meet my wife? And I fucking froze. And it wasn't even a split second. It was like one eighth, tenth, quarter, millisecond. She busts out the kitchen. She was like, oh, I met him in the grocery store. And he got these two young kids or whatever. And he looked like he was having a hard time with them or whatever. So I offered to help him out and everything. And, um, you know, the, his kids, you know, kind of hit it off with my kids. And we, you know, had a, some play dates. And he pays me to babysit for him while he's at work because he's a single dad. She had a whole elaborate story already laid out to tell this dude. Now, while I'm sitting there steady eating pork chops. Drinking my Sprite, like, yeah, what she said, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying not to die right now. Exactly. So she had it all planned out or whatever. And, he, you know, some other shit come up to where he was like, yeah, I just got back from Iraq. And I was like, oh, word. All right. Cool. <laughs> and in my head, I'm bugging the fuck out. I was like, oh, shit, he's a Marine, too. You probably know somebody I know. You're going to get me in trouble. I'm going to go to jail for adultery and all kind of shit. It's just, I'm spazzing the fuck out. So at some point, they go into the back room, and I guess they're having a conversation or some shit going on. I took this as my cue to get the fuck out of there. So I left. <laughs> I didn't say bye. I didn't dap nobody up. I didn't. I left. I was walking up the driveway. I was almost to my car, and she busts out the door and run up the driveway. And, and you know, it's like a movie. She grabbed me by the wrist and spin me around. And you know what she said to me? She said, why are you tripping? What the fuck you mean? Why am I tripping? What the fuck? <laughs> why am I tripping? I, I just met your like, husband. I, yeah, I was like, I had no, I didn't know what to, I was like, why the fuck am I tripping? That's your fucking husband in there. You know, I've been here for a month. I was heating up your high pocket and all kind of crazy shit. I gave you a massage. I rubbed your feet, your ankles, your thighs, and your back, and all this other crazy junk. <laughs> and that's your fucking husband. Your kids called me friend. I couldn't cope with this. I was spazzing the fuck out. And she was like, hey, it's all right. I mean, um, just damn, I can babysit. For, I can still babysit for you if you need me to. I mean, you, the only difference is you, you're just going to have to pay me now. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, I'll try to get them out of here as soon as possible. I'm going to find some daycare, and I'm going to get them the fuck out of your hair. I got to get the fuck away from you. And she's like, all right. So then the next day, I was like, the daycare wasn't even open yet. I'm outside banging on the door. Hey, let me in. (laughs) I need some help. (laughs) And I got them in a daycare or whatever. And the last time I seen her, I went over to the house or whatever to give her whatever I owed her or whatever and told her that, hey, I got daycare. I don't want to see you no more and all kind of shit like this. And she was, before I can even really tell her any of that stuff, she was like, hey, um, I can't babysit for you anymore. And I was like, no shit. You can't babysit for me no more. And she's like, um, I found out I was pregnant and I'm having some complications. I'm going to be on bed rest and all kind of stuff like that. So now let's do some math here. I've been with her for a month and a half straight. He, at this point to where, I, you know, that situation happened to where I met him and I found daycare for my kid, took all of that of three or four days. So, 
Oh, you're dead. <laughs> and, and at the same time, I was like, a lot of that stuff wouldn't make sense to me because, I mean, we use condoms and all kinds of stuff. But, I mean, I know it's not 100% foolproof or whatever. But, I mean, being a father of, you know, kind of being there for pregnancies or whatever, I mean, it don't, it shit, shit don't happen like that. You don't be pregnant like, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But still, it seemed kind of funny to me that she was saying that stuff. But she was like, hey, I'm pregnant. And like, as soon as she said it, it dinged off in my head. I was like, oh, fuck. I know it ain't his. I don't think you've been cheating on me because like I've been at your house just about every day or you've been at my house just about every day. I was like, oh, fuck. So after she said what she said, I looked at her in the face. I was like, hey, you have my number. You know where I live. If there's anything you need to tell me, you know how to find me. And that was in 2003, and I haven't seen it since. End of part two. <laughs> End of part two. <laughs> Want to take another break real quick? Sure. Rob's breaking records. This is going to be the longest episode ever. We'll be right back. You're welcome. Hello, this is for... I can't say hello at the same time. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Hello! Hello! This is an advertisement for Master Debaters. Oh, can we say Master Debaters together as well? Yeah? Hello! Hello. I am Michael. I'm Sean. No, I'm Tuffer. And we are the Master Debaters. Oh, <laughs> I'm not supposed to say it. We're supposed we to say are the Master Debaters. That's what we want to do. We're all saying it. Yeah. Hello! Hello. I'm Michael. I'm Sean. I'm Tuffer. And, and we, we are, are the Damn Master it, Sean. Debaters. I thought we were just doing... Hello! Hello. I'm Michael. I'm Sean. I'm Tuffer. We are... The, the Master, Master Debaters. Debaters. You can find us on Twitter at underscore Master Debaters, SoundCloud, Podbean, and iTunes. Just do yourself a favour and jump aboard this podcast train. Choo choo, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> All right, and part three of Rob's Rambling Podcast. We're- All right. All right, so after that incident, I was just like sitting there reassessing my life. I'm like, fuck, man. It don't pay to be the fucking good guy, man. I, I try to do everything right. Try to treat everybody like the way they want to be treated. And it comes back on me. It's like they shitting on me for no apparent reason. So at this point, I was like, man, fuck this. I'm going to be a hoe. I'm going to dog these women out and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. I ain't going to pay them no mind. I ain't going to consider their feelings. I'll be like, hey. Give me some of that high pocket. Get the fuck out of my face. That's that was my mentality. And then I also came to the asp- I came to the realization that I could have fucking died, and I wouldn't have been able to get no pussy ever again. <laughs> no more high pockets for me. I was like, I had some kind of standards or whatever. And, and I, you're gonna hear this this weekend on the podcast. My analogy is, I'm six feet tall. And my standards, I used to look up to them. They, 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 they were over my head. They were taller than me. After going to war, almost dying, my standards hit the fucking ground. I'm constantly tripping over them. I'm fucking got standards smeared all over my shoe. They that damn low. So it got to the point to where I got heavy into drinking and everything. Start going to the club more. Stop being a, a weekend thing. I would go on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturday. And all kind of junk like that. I was down online trying to woo all these different women to come to the house and everything. And damn, I would uh, never, I would never, ever, ever, ever have them around my kids because I didn't see 
any reason to because I knew they was just there to get serve me the hot pocket and get on about their business. I mean, there was no need for you to see my children once and never see them again. So I was like, I shielded them from that. I made adequate preparations. If I knew I was going to have a young lady over to the house that night, I got a babysitter, had them watch my kids for a couple hours all overnight, do my thing, send them on their way, never see them again for most occasions and all kind of stuff. And I was just dogging people, man. It was just like, I go to the club, I get wasted. I hit on anything and everything. It got to the point to where I didn't care if they were attractive or not. It was just like, you fucking, I'm fucking too. Let's go home or whatever. And I made a lot of rash decisions. Um, that same friend that I had that lived right around the corner from the club or whatever, you know, I stopped taking advantage of that because I didn't give a fuck. I was just like, I stopped going to their house to park my car and walk to the club, I would just drive to, straight to the club and then I would drive home fucked up afterwards, which, as I said before, drinking and driving is bad. You shouldn't do it. I could have died. and You could die too if you do it. So don't do it. And I can remember one night clearly to where we was all in the club. We were drinking. And um, I didn't feel well. Stomach was kind of bothering me and all kind of junk like that. So I was like, fuck it, man. I'm going to go home. So I believe this incident saved my life because I had a, I had a young lady that I would frequent with. She was like, you know, I would get fucked up and I would just go to her house, uh, heat up the hot pocket and I would just leave. And I called her. I was like, Hey, unlock the door. I'm coming over. So I went out to the car and when I got in the car, I put the key in ignition and I tried to start the car. And every time, I would start the car, I would get sick, and I would throw up. I had to open the door, I would be like, and I mean, it was bad. I mean, it felt like all my insides was coming out through my mouth. It was like horrible. So I was like, oh, I'm glad I got that out of my system. I go to try to start the car again. I was like, oh, man. Oh, man, this is bad. All right, fuck it. It's got to be all out now. Try to start the car again. So that was three times in a row I tried to start this car and drive off. And my body just wouldn't let me do it. So I was like, fuck it. I threw the keys in the back uh, window. I reclined my seat and I slept in the parking lot till like 12 o'clock the next day. And then I drove home <laughs> like nothing happened. But I believe if that didn't happen to me, I would probably went out and got an accident, probably killed myself or killed somebody else and everything like that. So I'm glad it happened the way it happened. But um, that girl, the one I told you just about just now, I would just, th that's all she was to me. She would try to open it up and make it something more than what it was, but I wasn't trying to hear it. I wasn't trying to, she's like, hey, you want to come to this party with me? I'm like, nope. Whenever you get back from the party, call me. I'll come over. Heat that hot pocket up, and then I'm gone. And you know, she wasn't the only one that I was frequent with, or whatever. It was just a whole bunch of other girls I would do the same way. But her, she was like the 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 one. She was my go-to pretty much. And I would go to her house, do these things, and I would just leave. She tried to talk to me, have a conversation. I just wasn't here. And now I just like, you gonna let me come back and do this again anyway? So why the fuck is we even trying to have a conversation? You know what I'm here for. So pretty much that ran its course. 
and um, she didn't want me to come over anymore and all kind of junk like that, which was understandable, but, but I didn't really give a fuck. And then from that point on, there was a couple other series of events to where, you know, I just got sick of that life. And then I was kind of turning in on myself or whatever. It was like, uh, you know, how did I feel when this shit was happening to me? So why am I here now doing this to somebody else? You know, that's not how I was raised. That's not how I was taught. So from then on, you know, it's like, hey, man, I need to cut this shit out. I got these young kids now. You know, I need to be an example. I can't have different women running in and out the house. I mean, they need some kind of figure in their life other than me. So from then on, I stopped doing that shit. I stopped going to the club as much, stopped drinking as much and everything like that. You know, turn my life around. And then I met this one girl. Beautiful. Nice personality. All the things that you would like in a woman, that's what she was. And um, we started hanging out. And I didn't, you know, try to go in for the kill right off the bat. I mean, I, I, I actually courted her or whatever, you know, took her out to eat, you know, did normal things that you were supposed to do on a date. Be courteous, be kind, text, see how your day's doing and all kind of shit like that. And, you know, I was growing feelings for this person or whatever. So, I mean, it came to a point to where we were comfortable with each other. And I had decided in my mind that, like, hey, I'm going to try to pursue this and make this something more than what it already is. Um, she hadn't, it was just on the verge of the point to where she was going to meet my kids for the first time. I already met her uh, daughter, and her daughter was having a birthday. So I was like, hey, this is the perfect opportunity to introduce my kids to your kid and you. And um, at this time, I had a little T-shirt business. I was printing T-shirts, whatever. I go to, <laughs> I go to Walmart. Find a picture on the internet, crop it, edit it, and I run it through the photo paper on um, my printer, and I would iron it on a t-shirt <laughs> with a regular iron. I didn't have no printing press or nothing fancy like that. So I was like, hey, I can make some t-shirts for your daughter's birthday, and I'll kind of jump like that, right? So I went over to the house, I think it was a day or so before the birthday party, so I can drop the shirts off so they can be there for the party the next day. So I go over there, a couple cars in the yard and everything. And she had a um, couple friends over. So I go over to the house and everything. As soon as I walk through the door, because, you know, I called prior to coming. She's like, hey, the door's open. Just come in. So as soon as I walk in the door, no lie, the girl that I previously mentioned, the one that I would go to her house every night, she was there sitting in the kitchen looking at me like, why the fuck are you here right now? Well, unbeknownst to me, this girl and that girl were sisters. Run again. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, shit. And damn, I didn't let on nothing. I just went in there and I introduced myself. Hey, how you doing? It was Rob, blah, 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 blah. And she didn't call me out. She didn't do nothing crazy. She, she played the same game. She was like, hey, I'm such and such. And um, by then, you know, I went in the room to where she was and I gave her the T-shirts and everything like that. And I knew that um, it was over from there. It was done. There's nothing I could do because I knew as soon as I left that house, she was going to tell her all the shit that I did. She was going to tell her all about me. 
And when I left, that was the last time I seen her again. I called her, texted her, tried to explain myself. That, hey, that was the old me. And I was trying to tell her why I was like that. And all. I was trying to explain myself. She wasn't trying to hear it. Never heard from her again. And I believe at that time, you know, she was the one. She was the one that I was going to try to rebuild my dream with. The thing that I wanted from a child all the way up into my adult life, a family, a wife, kids, to be in the military, to travel the world and just be happy. And I thought I can start over with her. But through my selfish actions and everything like that, I, I fucked it up. And here I am today, many, many years later, through different circumstances and relationships, and it led me to the woman that's in the other room right now, Mrs. B-Rob, who's currently a writer on my blog, on my website, because she has a creative mind. She fucking smart. She wrote a book, which is on my website that you can look up. It's on Apple Books or iBooks or however the fuck that shit work. It's like really cheap. I think it's under $5. You should get it. Not you, but you could, but you could tell other people that's listening. Yeah. Happy birthday. And, <laughs> um, and I'm happier than I've ever been. You know, I got this great woman. My kids are here with me and it's just fucking great. But if I hadn't gone through all that bullshit, if I hadn't put myself through all that bullshit, if I didn't try to learn from my mistakes, I wouldn't be here where I am now. If I would have turned left on Albuquerque, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I would be in a different situation right now. So, I mean, my advice to anybody that's listening, especially if you're young, damn, think with your big head, not your little head. Put some thought and some effort into what do you think you want and what you actually need. Don't try not to be impulsive. I know it's going to be hard, but you got to fight those urges sometimes. And people are people. Treat them right. You want somebody to treat you right. So damn, don't go around trying to fuck over other people. And most importantly, don't fucking drink and drive. You could die. You could kill somebody. And that would be sad. And I wouldn't want that for you, your family, your loved ones, anybody. In scene. Now, I have one question. It's yes. kind of a, kind of a, I'm, I'm not going to do the six questions. It's been a long enough episode. <laughs> it's an awesome story. There's nothing you could say in the six questions that would be more awesome than that story. So we're going to, we're going to just skip that segment this time. Sweet. So I have just one. Now, Considering that you've went through all of that, and considering all the things that have happened, all the negative, horrible, awful things, would you change anything about the timeline? If you could go back in time, would you do anything, or would you just let it be? Because changing anything about that would make a completely different Rob on the other side. Exactly. I mean, I often think about that a lot. And I mean, I'm, I'm happy here. 
because I mean, I, f- I kind of felt that, I mean, even though it was fucked up situations and everything, it was meant to be or whatever to get me here where I am today. I mean, just think about it. I mean, I could have done anything differently and I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you through this microphone right now or whatever, which I am thoroughly enjoying. So, I mean, I wouldn't change nothing just for that fact to be here on the podcast with you. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've, I've lived some, not all, but some of some of your story, and I understand completely where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean it's it's rough, but I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't think I would change anything because I mean, even if I could have went back and just handled certain situations differently, you know, for the for for good or for bad or whatever, whatever the case may be, whatever the outcome may have been, it might have knocked me off course. I probably wouldn't have been here today. You know, the way I am with my family and everything. But if I can cut somebody off at the pass, you know, before they even take these steps into the direction that I was going, I mean, that's the point of this story. That's the point. That's what I try to impart on to these new students that I get here at the schoolhouse. I know they're at the beginning of their journey. So I try to give them as much knowledge and wisdom and information that I have. So they won't even get to that point. So they don't even have to go through all that bullshit to get to where they want to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So be smart. Yes. All right. And don't drink a drive. Yeah, that's the worst. I've I there was one time I it was one time to start, but it, it turned into multiples where I'd wake up in my bed with my keys in my pocket and the last thing I remember was ordering a drink at last call. Exactly. Oh man, those those were horrible nights. And then um, you hear it on the. I'm not going to spoil it too much, but you're going to hear it you, if you listen you, to the podcast. This you can spoil it. We're on a delayed release. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, <laughs> I got this podcast coming up this Sunday with a uh, S. Anthony Thomas of the S. Anthony Says podcast, and I was telling them um, about a story to where I freaking um. During that period when I was out drinking and doing all kind of reckless shit to where um, it was one of those classic moments to where, you know, you you get drunk, you meet this girl in the club and you think she highly Berry or whoever your fantasy woman is. Then you wake up in your bed next to this woman. It's like, oh, this Holly Berry. Then she roll over and she fucking Shrek and shit looking like a goddamn Gila monster or whatever the fuck. Like Eddie Murphy. And, yeah. And you just jump up, grab your clothes, and you run out the house and get the hell out of there as fast as you can. But this particular night in the club, got drunk. And uh, my mission specifically that night was to come off with uh, a tender, crunchy, crispy, flaky crust of the Hot Pocket to my home. And um, I was striking out. And it was um, last call. The lights was getting ready to come on. And everybody was like scattering to go to their cars to leave the club. And this one fat, ugly motherfucker walked across my path. And she started dancing in front of me. And she had a thong hanging out. And at this point, like I said, my standards on the ground. I'm constantly kicking over them every day. And I'm like, fuck it. I was like, hey, girl. You keep dancing in front of me like that. I'm going to wind up taking you home. And she was like, okay. 
I was like, oh shit, it was that easy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so she go to she go to her friend car, and it, it, it's obvious that she's um she's done this before. She's a pro. She went to her friend car. She popped the trunk. She pulled out an overnight bag and she threw it in my car. <laughs> oh, 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 you take that overnight it's, bag and put it right back where it came from. We're done. So now, <laughs> and the, you know, it, you've been there before. This is where the blackout happens. Poof, lights are out. I wake up in the bed. It's like, oh man, what the fuck happened? I was like, oh shit. It's that ugly motherfucker from the club. So, all right. So I get up. Start to get my shit so I can make the dining dash or whatever, right? But in my inebriated state, instead of going to her place, I brought her to my house oh, <laughs> so I couldn't leave. No. I gotta, I'm gonna run out and get some eggs. I'll see you never again. No, but that was the thing though. She rode with me so she couldn't just, you know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> I no. brought her to my house. <laughs> so I was like, me being. The military man that I am, I had to adapt and overcome quickly. So I went in the bathroom, <laughs> took my phone. You know, the, before I even did that, I mean, I was like, well, fuck it. I done already did it, right? And I didn't give a shit because my standards were under the bed at this point with the dirty panty drawers and socks and uh. everything. So I was like, I, I, I hit the hot pocket again. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> so after that, I hurry up. I went in the bathroom. I text one of my friends. I was like, hey, call me in five minutes. They called me in three. I was like, hello? This is Corporal such and such. Oh, shit. That was today? Oh, man. I completely forgot. I'm late. I know. I'll be there as soon as I can. I was like, hey, bitch. Get your shit. We got to go. I got to go to work. I forgot. <laughs> and then now. <laughs> Rise when I'm leaving, Yeah. So now that I'm leaving the house, I go zigzag and go through all these different paths and roads that I never drove before because I don't want her to remember how the fuck she got to my house. And then we have this awkward ass car ride home to her house. And I'm like, oh, God, what the fuck did I do? I need to cut this shit out. I think that's really when I came to the realization of what the fuck I was doing. I need to quit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yay. Stories. Yeah, man. Great story. Amazing story. What do we got to plug? Wrapping it up. All right. As uh, mentioned previously, you can go to my Instagram account. Which you can find at a random ramblings with Rob. You just put that in the search bar; it'll pop up. You know my logo by now. Or if you don't, you can type "random ramblings with Rob" into iTunes. You can see what that thing looked like, and you subscribe, leave a comment, five stars, four stars, and give me anything really. I mean, just say hi, something. You can go to my website, which is randomrobcast.com, and you can go. Down to the bottom of the page, you can see my wife's book that I spoke about earlier because she's creative. She got a mind and she's talented. And she also writes on my blog. You can click on the social tab. You can find all my social media accounts. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, as I said before, Facebook, which I'm the only one that posts on my Facebook. So be friendly, like my Facebook page and come post some random things on my Facebook wall. It's fun. I like to hear from you. And Twitter, of course, you can follow me at it's. B Rob, that's I T S B R O B. And the show has a Twitter account which you can follow at R R R underscore podcast. You gotta sound like a pirate. You gotta be like R underscore podcast. So that's three R's underscore podcast. And I like pie 
And obviously, from all the stories you heard, um, in the hot pockets, there's only one specific brand now since I'm married. It's, I've been eating this hot pocket for eight years now. So, um, yeah, high five. That's Pass awesome, man. Podcast is awesome. I'm loving it. So, that was awesome. So, I'm enjoying it. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Yeah. So, I guess we just got to say, take it easy. Take it easy for sheezy. Everybody have a good day. Or a good week. Or life. Yeah. Your Father's Day edition of the Random Rams with Rob podcast. And like I said, man, I, I just pretty much straight up recorded <laughs> his podcast and just stuck it in here. And here I am talking on the front, talking on the end, splash some voicemails in there, and we're going to have an outro. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was rough. It was, um, uh, I don't know, man, it was, it was a horrible situation to be in, but it spawned me two delightful children and I can't be mad at that you know so it is what it is that's your father's day story from me <laughs> so uh, we go ahead and uh, get on out of here I hope you enjoyed that uh, that uh, that story man I don't, I don't even know what to say about it I mean just listening to it again I mean I lived the shit it's not like it's a surprise to me what the fuck happened but yeah man I don't know it's 3 o'clock in the morning I'm still sleepy but I gotta keep it the train going gotta record these episodes and put it out for the world to enjoy 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 echo echo, echo. <laughs> anyway you can find me on twitter at it's B Rob, that's I T S B R O B. If you want to talk professional wrestling and all types of other shenanigans, that's the place you can do it. The show also has a Twitter you can follow at wait for it R R R underscore podcast. That's three R's underscore podcast for anything having to do with the show. I also have a website called Random robcast.com to where you can find all kinds of things that would help the show out tremendously um, there's merchandise there's um, ways you can donate you can become a patron through my patron account on uh, Podbean and um, you can get some cool incentives just like Brandon McIntyre and Glenn Abbott so um, check out the patron account as a uh, $1 tier, $3 tier, and a $5 tier. I'm currently working on a new tier, not the ones that come out of your eye ducts and stream down your cheeks when you're sad. But um, it's gonna. I'm just trying to figure out the logistics of it. If I can get gift cards or whatever, discounts on merchandise from my website and everything. So I'll announce it whenever I get the shit together. <laughs> also, you can follow me on Instagram where you can use the hashtag Walmart log and you can see me walking through Walmart vlogging 
and saying all kinds of stuff and pointing at things and all kind of cool shit like that. Also, I want to give a shout out to the Lemur app. That's L-I-M-O-R. Less is more. It's an acronym. <laughs> but um, that's an app that you can download currently on I, uh, Apple products. Um, it's coming to Android here pretty soon. But it's um, another platform that I've been using. Um, whenever I go on my long car rides and everything, I just um, plug my phone up to the Bluetooth or, you know, connected to the Bluetooth in my car. And I just record random thoughts, man. You know, it's just I would be in the car and that's, you know, usually my place is in when I'm driving around. I think about a lot of shit. And um, that's when I capitalize on using the Lemur app. It's pretty much a podcast studio in your pocket. I just open up the app, press record. And I just run my mouth and um, I can edit it as high as I want and upload it to the app and other people can listen to it. It's pretty cool. So if you have an Apple device, go ahead and download the Lemur app and you can hear me talking tremendous amounts of random shit. Also, I want to give a shout out to the Laughable app. Um, I had the CEO and co-founder Ned Kinney on the show a couple episodes back. And I like to thank them for providing a platform for comedians and podcasters alike to, you know, get their voices out there to be heard. Also, I am a co-host on the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company. So we talk strictly professional wrestling and we take your fan questions. So if you're interested in professional wrestling or submitting some questions, listen to the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company on the N. AI Network. You can follow them on Twitter also at, I said them like I'm not a part of it, us on Twitter at the pipe bomb in AI. And the Random Rounds with Rob is in partnership with the Hush Your Face Entertainment Group. Um, it's a group of podcasts that band together to become a group and to entertain and to be awesome. And with that being said, Hush Your Face. And I'll see you next time. Hush your face is coming straight to your ears. A podcast network that's changing gears. Bringing fresh funky pods with a fresh funky beat. A family of pods that are bringing the heat. There ain't no stopping us. Keep coming back to us. Sick ass pods that'll make you hush. www.hushyourface. www.hushyourface. www.hushyourface.com.